0: All right. Good morning from Thailand. It's uh, it's still cold. Although if you're in the if you're in the states right now, it's probably or Europe, it's very cold for you. So I I can't complain. But I usually when in Thailand don't expect to wear this poncho that I'm wearing. But here we are. Um, so today uh, today's topic is actually inspired by a couple conversations I had with um my buddy Jordan. Jordan Lou Collier. He's been on the podcast. Many of you may know him. He's the head instructor at Arzal Murata, works with Zamperion. If if you follow stuff like this, then you may already know who he is. But we had this really awesome discussion at Pizza here in Chiang Mai. He lives not too far from me. So we, you know, I see him every so often. Um, And we had this amazing conversation. I wish we recorded the conversation. Of course, the best conversations uh, go unrecorded. That's just how it is. But Afterwards, we record a podcast that I'll probably release in a couple of weeks um, on the subject of beauty. And uh, I'm going to repeat the stuff that we talk about there. He has some great points on, uh, we speak about kind of philosophically objective versus subjective beauty and how to use it as a a guide in your life beyond just dating, beyond just appreciating beauty in women, but the beauty of existence. Anyway, I'm not getting into that because it actually reminded me of something that I didn't speak about in those podcasts which is how uh, men fear beauty. It's one of the reasons, I think one of the causes of um, uh, everything from violence against women to anxieties to frustrations in dating and everything in between. Um, So I have a few things to say on that. Um, If you're watching this live, feel free to comment questions in real time. I'll try to answer them in real time, although sometimes there's delay in the comments. also, uh, oh, quick announcements uh, before I jump into the topic. Uh, do I actually have announcements? If, if you're on my email list, you may have seen me. I sent out a few emails about the Archetype Challenge and this new thing, subversalist Inner Circle membership group. I'm gonna send out another email eventually. Um, basically, I mean, I'll admit it. Uh, we're not gonna be able to do it the way that I originally advertised. Uh, it's kind of a, a dumb, not dumb reason, but I didn't foresee this reason that should have been obvious, which is uh, having group calls across time zones is very challenging. I was kind of like, oh, if uh, if it's a bunch of people in California, we'll do it this time. If it's a bunch of people in Europe, we'll do it this time. But it kind of got like even distribution across the time zones, um, which was I should have, which is a good problem. But basically the Program's going to be changed into more of like a book club um, with live events, which is kind of what I wanted to do in the first place. So basically cutting out – anyway, stay tuned for that if you're interested in that kind of thing. Just know it's a little bit different. It's going to be more learning-focused than live call-focused call, call focus because um, – yeah, anyway. Anyway, to jump into today's topic, men fearing beauty. So uh, as I just mentioned, um, I was speaking with Jordan, uh, with my buddy Jordan from Arza Murata about this topic. They have a lot to say on – beauty and the art of beauty. And I won't repeat that stuff. I mean, if you follow Zan Perrion's stuff, he has a lot of great, I mean, he wrote an entire book on it, The Alabaster Girl. So I'm, I'm, I won't touch on that. But these conversations with Jordan reminded me of uh, kind of these simple experiences I've seen like um, a few, I guess it's is maybe a year ago now. I was in New York. I was meeting uh, a buddy of mine uh, at a cafe. It was like maybe Tuesday mid-morning. So it wasn't populated. The, 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 the cafe wasn't full but there were a bunch of guys there, maybe like five guys working on laptops. I was there to talk with my male friend. I think that all the baristas were male too. So like there weren't any women around and everyone's like acting normally, right? The way people do while drinking their coffee. And then this woman came in, you know, again, it's a Tuesday mid morning. So like, I don't know, she was either a student or self-employed or had a day off or something. And she, she was an attractive woman, but she wasn't dressed in a way that was, like, seeking attention. I mean, it was definitely, like, a kind of like hide from the world day. Like, she had a baseball cap on, and her hair was in braids, and she wasn't wearing makeup. And she might have been wearing yoga pants or anything, but it was, it was obvious that she was attractive, objectively. And what was interesting is even with her, like, behaving in this way where she really probably wasn't, like, looking to meet anyone or communicate with anyone or even be seen by anyone. She was probably just there to get her coffee. She had this effect on almost every guy in, in the place and probably myself too. I, I wasn't really washing myself as much, but I noticed like every time a guy was like, you know, getting his sugar and she, he'd see her, like he'd like something, it wasn't that dramatic, but he'd straighten up and like he'd look and like look back to see if she looked back and then, and then go away. And like just the fact that there was now a woman in this environment changed everyone's behavior and even mine a little bit. Cause like I was talking with my buddy and like just focused on him and then she comes here and like we both kind of looked. And like, you know, did a double take and everyone became a little tense. It wasn't, it wasn't super dramatic, but everyone became a little more tense. And, you know, it was like kind of, I was like, why are all of us, all of us guys, you know, everyone in this cafe from like the the most confident to least confident are slightly affected by this, by this woman. And specifically because there's a woman who has probably what all, all of the men in that cafe perceived as, beautiful. Whether or not beauty is subjective or subjective, that's something that Jordan and I uh, philosophize about. But but everyone in this cafe clearly thought she was beautiful. So like, why is this? And it was like, for any of us to be affected, um, especially in this situation, there was some level of fear, right? Like if there was, if there were no, I mean, just to put it in very plain terms, all of us, whether it was consciously or subconsciously or primarily driven, we're like, oh, here's a woman whose validation would matter to me. Or here's an opportunity where, where there could be winning or losing. Either she's going to like me or dislike me. And, and, and this is, again, this is Tuesday morning at like 10 a.m. No one was like trying to strike up a conversation or approach. It was just the fact that she was there affected us, which revealed something about uh, all of us, right? E- even myself. And, you know, um, and it's uh, the, the, the fact here is that beauty has a power to affect people but affect the masculine and uh one one reason why so many guys invest so much time and effort in learning how to connect with women and why the payoff is so big beyond simply being able to meet women like how it develops you as a man is that it exposes you to places where you are vulnerable men the masculine the masculine in people or masculine men or maybe i should just say to be specific hetero men or whatever i don't have to you can figure out, right, right, like, uh, people don't like to be in there involuntary, and beauty puts a, a man in a state of, an, it, is involuntary, because now there's stakes, it's, uh, there's an opportunity to fail, but there's also an opportunity to get something you wanted, and whether it's a consciously, like, I want to get a date from her, or just, like, subconsciously, like, the, to be validated by a woman, and while this, this matters, I mean, if you're beyond the, the, the point where you're worried about, like, getting women to like you, I think many of, I don't know who's who's going to listen to this but I know many of the guys who are probably like watching this live are at a stage where they're not like they're they're beyond like basic level dating stuff basic level confidence and self-esteem stuff um, uh, it's still important to notice this because when it comes to growth of any any kind very often we are uh, we have a tendency to avoid places where we're out of control. However, this experience of being in an involuntary state—whether it's overcome by beauty that's able to move you, um, or uh, or any 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 life challenge—that's the stuff that is that, that that makes life worth living. That's what we all live for. And you know, I mean, this is kind of like um, maybe an abstraction on the idea of beauty. Uh, but <clears throat> we can, we can even say like anything that's considered beauty is something that can put you into your involuntary state, whether it's music that moves you or, or, or pleasure that, that puts you into involuntary so, I mean, I, I think in the beginning of January, I'm going to speak a little bit on sex transmutation. I kind of wanted to formulate my thoughts. so I don't repeat things I said and other things, but this is also a principle of sex transmutation, like being able to put yourself into emotional involunt, involuntary state, which is allows the, the sexual arousal to move. I, I mean, it's a lot more to say on that. I, I can go into that in a few weeks, but um so and so other examples of being put into involuntary that people and I'd say specifically the masculine avoids right because there is something inherently virtuous about the masculine pole in any sexual polarity whether it's in a in a relationship or a team where there's a masculine point holding down the the vision the groundedness etc um being able to not be swayed is really important um, and, uh, so, so for like, with the example I brought up, if everyone kind of just got became on ground and just like, starts like shuffling their tie and grooming themselves with the presence of this attractive woman. I mean, it's not, it's not a, that's nothing we strive for. In fact, all of us probably strive for the opposite where we can remain stable in the presence of it, but it doesn't mean we're unaffected. And that's the difference between stoicism where you are numb to the world and stoicism where you are moved but you have such a huge container for feeling that having a huge gust of emotion or a huge gust of sensation, in your body doesn't cause you to spaz out. It's like, um, anyway, I, I can go into sexual analogies, but I'm gonna save that for next week. Um, other examples it's like, so like I grew up in, in Brooklyn where there's many different subcultures that mix together. And, uh, I don't know how else to put it, but like, I was like, I was a very nerdy kid, Asian kid, whatever. I, I, uh, you know I went on, but I went on a school bus with everyone else and I remember um there's a lot of like for lack of a better word like thug like kids on on the on the bus and um I didn't speak to them a lot because I was shy but every so often I would crack a joke or make me make a nerdy joke I remember doing this a lot in high school actually um and and uh like these guys who are like these really tough super masculine dudes the response was always you mad stupid right like like why do, why were they saying that because they, they were kind of upset that I made them laugh. Like they were kind of upset that I put them into a state where they couldn't control themselves because laughter is involuntary. So we all fear it, right? Um, so I have another example I want to bring up. Um, I have this client actually who, uh, you know, over these last couple months, he's been increasing his confidence and his ability to communicate with people. And his groundedness was a big thing. He was super ungrounded, nice guy. When I met him, he was telling me recently that um he makes eye contact with with people now because he he's able to. He was he he divert his gaze very often before. But now he can make eye contact with people. But he was like yeah, I guess I'm creeping everyone out because everyone looks away as soon as I make eye contact with them. Women, men, whatever, I guess everyone hates me. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. I mean, that's had some of his negative conditioning. Like, I was trying to point out to him that that might be the case, that sometimes he creeps people out, whatever. I mean, his intentions are good, but it might be some some way he's coming off. But um, I was just posing the suggestion, the possibility to him that he was – bringing a level of intensity and sensation to his eye contact and his interactions that was making everyone else feel ungrounded, so they had to look away, right? Like, very few people would look away if, like, a four-year-old looked at them. Why? Because there's not a lot of, um, just like with the beauty thing, there's not, like, much stake. Like, most of us don't give a shit if a four-year-old validates us or not, right? Unless you're really insecure, like, you don't care. Like, a, a baby looks at you, you look back. A dog looks at you, you look back. And a person that doesn't, that doesn't, have the ability to affect you due to your perceptions or who they are or really your perceptions of who they are uh you don't you don't care you wouldn't look away but if a really attractive person looks at you a scary person looks at you um a person who has the ability to affect your life with like a career opportunity or something you might you might like not be able to handle that and look away um so when it comes to to beauty when it comes to all of these things i mean a lot of the, the bigger picture here then just like the 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 dating analogy or whatever it is is um being willing to accept being in an involuntary state uh so it's okay to see the attractive person and become ungrounded because they have the ability to affect you like don't you shouldn't run away from that because that is the whole point of life like if someone is never laughing is never getting flustered is never getting flushed is never uh uh, never crying, never brought to tears, like we would all basically say that person's dead inside or that person's apathetic, which happens to a lot of us when we keep avoiding, avoiding, avoiding opportunities that put us in our involuntary. At the same time, we don't want to be so in our involuntary that every every mild interaction has us shake and stutter and, and spaz out, right? Um, so when it comes to like grounding techniques, for instance, like the physical stuff, I, I already, I've said stuff like that a lot. If you haven't caught it, If you go to secrets.com, I do share, mostly in the sexual application, but I think it applies to like most applications of like handling arousal in your body and learning how to ground your body, like breaking it down. So I'm not going to repeat that stuff. Um, But uh, one thing when it comes to, specifically when it comes to beauty and the involuntary state that something that captivates you puts you in, whether again, whether it's a person that you find incredibly attractive or a piece of music that brings you to tears or whatever, I mean, it mostly applies to the beauty thing, is is why I started with that, is can you appreciate the thing that is moving you without needing a result from it, right? So with the with the obvious example with, like, attractive woman in a cafe or attractive stranger or whatever whoever you're into, um, I I mean, this, this is something, I mean, I, I will draw from Zan because I don't want to just, like, this is kind of his idea that I'm now saying, like, can you appreciate the beauty without needing something from it, right? Like, can you just appreciate it and bask in it and let it move you? Because that in itself, forget about the results of whether this person likes you or whether they think you're awesome or whether you get a date or whether you get laid or whether you become king of the world. Like that in itself is the purpose of life. I mean, that is the, you know, if you've ever done a mushroom trip or, you know, I'd imagine this is what it's like when one is on his deathbed and. Looking back at his life and seeing the things that matter to him or, or don't matter to him, it's like those movements, those moments where you were moved in in neither direction. So forget, I mean, forget about forget about material reality and just look at your life. Like, can you let yourself be moved by the thing, whether it's music or appreciation of woman? At that point, if you can really sink into that, you don't need to worry about being grounded or ungrounded. You don't need to worry about anything because even if even if you do get like, oh, and then you, and you don't have the words to say hello, for instance, right? You've already gotten the benefit of that interaction, which is you got to experience something beautiful, right? No, no one cares if uh, I don't know the Mona Lisa or whatever. I don't know. I, I, I'm not big on appreciating paint painting, so I don't. I'm just saying, but something that that is beautiful, right? You don't care if it does something for you or it sees you a certain way. You just want to to bask in it. And, um, that is very different than putting something on a pedestal because there's, they're very different than negging someone or putting them down. It's just like, this is this thing that I have the privilege of being, uh, being, of experiencing and being put in your involuntary. And simply that, that, um, that mindset will make it easier and easier to enter those situations where you're like, oh, it's okay to be in an involuntary state, um, I was planning on speaking about this more. No, I'm going to save it for later because like, there's there's a lot of sexual applications to this when it comes to sex transmutation and being able to, um, I mean, very simply have experience more pleasure in a sexual setting also comes from being willing to, to bask in involuntariness. And I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll keep it at a high level for this one. It's like, if you can let yourself um, be affected, that is okay. It's like, can you be affected and not, not jump on onto the reality. So um, appreciating something without being overcome by it, basically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have all these, t- let me see, uh, cause I have all these tangents on, uh, <laughs> I planned like next week I was going to speak about certain applications in sex. And now I kind of want to give away all my tangents cause they, they do relate, but I think I might, might keep it there. Um grounding beauty without needing anything from it. Uh, if you have any questions, feel to type in. I think I might end us here. Let me see. Uh yeah. Yeah. Um, so last bits, unless there's any questions, I'll leave a few minutes for for anyone to ask questions. Um announcements on like the the membership group we are going to keep make it more of a book club um in january um we're going to be going we're going to be starting each month there's going to be a book we focus on in january it's going to be the war of art which i think is probably the best book on creativity and it's a particularly for for, it's a particularly masculine approach to creativity like i love the artist way i mean it's by um julia cameron uh, it's a, an amazing book. It's a beautiful book. Uh, it got me. It's, it's what got me journaling on a regular basis. Um, but there's something about the War of Art. It was written by Stephen Pressfield. He's written a lot of war novels. Um, he was a Marine. He has this, like, kind of, like, I mean, it's, it's among the books that I recommend to guys for connecting to their masculinity, actually, even though it's a book about writing. It's, like, it's like about grinding through in service to the muse. Like, there, it's full of incredible metaphors, and it's a really easy read. So, I mean, I recommend the book to everyone, one. But two, uh, we're going to be doing a lesson and mission on it. And what I guess we'll call the Subversalist Book Club, which is a thing that actually already started. But if you want to join that, you can reach out to me. Um, oh, see. James asks, when is the next philosophical discussion on beauty? We could have one anytime, James. Um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're referring to the podcast I did with Jordan that is coming out. I think in three weeks or so, I have to check in with him because I think he wanted to add to it. Um, let's see. <clears throat> oh, and then last announcement because I mentioned it. Um, all of the arousal control stuff is at arousalcontrolsecrets.com. It's free. I'm going to be moving everything over to a new platform because um, there have been some issues with the current software I use, but I don't know if that will make a difference. All, all of my pages might look a little different starting in January. It's just a mini announcement. Um, yeah, so final thoughts on on beauty. Letting... <clears throat> By appreciating it by appreciating it the way it is, you remove yourself from attachment to outcome. That in itself will help ground you and take the next best action to appreciate. I have to show this is one thing because I, I spoke about this with Hans Komen on my podcast a while ago, and he had a beautiful point. And I, I t- cut this clip and I shared it to my Instagram because I thought it was great. It's like how <clears> – <throat> excuse me. There's appreciating beauty from the outside, but then he was also um, – Speaking about his view on seduction as a a form of creating beauty, it's like, it's not that, it's not just that there's some, using the dating analogy, there's not just some beautiful woman and then the seduction is a process of getting her, right? Like there's like this like needy, like try hard uh, attachment to outcome thing in that paradigm if you take that paradigm. Whereas if like, yeah, yes, there's beauty on the outside because you, you do discriminate. It's not like you find every single thing in person beautiful, but through a process of, I guess we call it enlightened seduction, or like being able to highlight the best parts of, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna translate this outside of re- relating, but like it, the uh, <clears throat> enlightened seduction allows a, a woman's beauty to come out, right? Like we know, like if you come at someone, you creep them out, she's gonna shut down, right? She's gonna shut down. She's probably gonna become less attractive, and, and you know, and like that's why I think women when they're in, not in a good mood, when they're in like just in the example I brought up, like she's not, she's not dressed up, she's wearing her hat uh, to hide her face and all that stuff. And then guys still hit on her. A lot of women will be like, that's so weird. Like, why does he, she, uh, he find, why is he valuing me so much when I'm not putting any effort? On the guy's side, we could be like, oh, well, you're beautiful no matter what, et cetera, et cetera. But there's something that we know the experience of someone reducing their beauty through, I guess we call it anti-seduction. Whereas An enlightened seduction or an ethical seduction or whatever is where you're treating someone in a way that her beauty comes out more and more and more. And we can translate this to a metaphor for life where, you know, um, so much of reality is subjective, right? And it's almost like law of attraction stuff. If you focus on negative things, your selection bias will have those negative experiences be more in the forefront of what you experience. Whereas if you're focused on the things you want, on the positive quote unquote things, you start to, you know, again, selection bias as you notice the things in your reality that confirm, uh, or and con- confirmation bias, uh, confirm your perception. And, you know, so if you, if, I mean, another way to put it is like looking for the good in people, right? If you look for the good in people, you'll find more good. If you look for reasons to be upset with people, you will certainly find more reasons to be upset with people. Um, and, uh, yeah, beauty, fear, etc. handling involuntary responses that's all uh unless there's any other questions i'm gonna sign off here uh all right thanks for watching guys i hope you're in a reasonable climate bye